One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Are you PNLP? This is the Premier Non-League Podcast. We're back. Hello, boys. Long time no see. Well, Trev, I've seen you over the summer for us on a special set. Yeah, Mr. Matt was playing that... Um, that what's that? Is that an excuse of a sport? That thing with the red ball and a bit of wood or something? Baseball? Oh no, no, the UK version. What is it, Chris? It's cricket. Oh yeah, that thing. Yeah, that thing that takes up most of TV over the summer, which is to my dis- dis- utter disdain. But he's back. You're right, mate. How are we doing? I'm very well, thank you. Very well indeed. Hope everybody's hope everybody's fit and well and enjoying this balmy summer. We're having. Yeah, I mean, as you can probably see on the camera, we're all. all bloody roasting right now on the last day of probably summer right now because the storms are due I think any time in the next couple of days uh, to pull it down but we're it's episode 35 boys can you believe <laughs> bloody hell 35 episodes already and uh, by the end of this season it'll be probably up to at least what 55, 60, 70 maybe yeah, yeah. yeah it'll be Incredible. a long one um, Chris did you have a chance to listen to any of our summer specials um, I've listened to Pockets and um, I find it very difficult to focus on football during the cricket season, I'll just, just pause you there. That, that you're a contributor to this podcast. You said you've listened to pockets. This is meant to be a promo. I meant to say, oh, and if you haven't listened to, them, like, like, but if you have listened to them, like Chris, let me finish. You let me finish. You let me finish. Okay. Um, I like to have a, a proper summer, winter type of old-fashioned cricket season, football season kind of split. And um, in, I'm a very busy man during the summer. And um, what I've heard. Is excellent. It's been really good. I, what I would say is, if I was a non-member of this team, if I was this, I, I'd be thinking these guys are are well worth a follow. I, I think you know these guys know their stuff. They've got some getting some good guests on. Um, this is good. This is good crack. Uh, it's impressive, very impressive. And you've kind of you've um, kept the wheels turning, as as they say, in the likes of my absence and whatever. Um, very, very good indeed so far. Oh, thank you. I mean, very good. As, as we said, like, you know, we, we wanted to do something a little bit different this summer because last year we didn't really do anything. We did have a true summer break, but we thought, let's have a go. Let's get some, let's change the podcast up a little bit and do some specials where it's just talking in, in conversation with like people from around the football. So if you haven't listened, we've had Mark White, who's the chairman, owner and manager of Talking Wanderers, who are now smashing it in the, well, I say smashing it, they're doing well in the uh, nationally after two, two fixtures, one, one draw, one loss so far. They've been on obviously BT Sports, um, but they've risen throughout the ranks of non-league. We've had Rich Fippen, who films Mark and a bunch of amateurs uh, on the YouTube channel. Uh, we've had Jimmy Dean for Peterborough Sports, another sort of story where they've got to a higher level. Uh, Joe Ben, the sort of amazing goal scorer of Littlehampton, his Wembley journey this season. And we finished off with Adam Summerton, the voice of non-league. So, you know, those people, as Chris said, we have had so many followers. Trev, how, how many have we had over the summer? Like, you know, we, probably another quarter, like at least a couple hundred followers on Twitter. And, well, 90, 94 
in the last month, I think we've yeah, had. Yeah, just in the last mm-hmm. month alone. Yeah, brilliant. Up, up 642, I think we are on Twitter at the moment. And uh, the, the posts on Facebook, when we shared them across the Facebook groups as well, we've been reaching around nine, ten thousand people on pretty much all of the five summer specials as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. And is, yeah, and it is our, it is, it's quite hard, as we've said many times on here before, to follow the exact numbers just because we use a platform that it's quite hard to get the numbers. But I can tell from most of the platforms that Mark White's episode was one of the most streamed episodes we've ever had of all time. We are hoping in the next month or so to move to a new platform. We'll talk about that later and we'll be able to keep track of the figures and what we're doing even more so. But let's move on. We've done our specials. That's in the past. That's in the summer. It's now football season, season three of the mm-hmm. Premier Non-League podcast, episode 35. Obviously, myself, Trevor and Chris are here tonight. Uh, Pete and Gaz are not available to join us tonight, but uh, they'll be back very soon uh, in the season. Um, busy summer, guys. I mean, Chris, as you were saying just before we came on there, you like, uh, or you just said it on air, I think, you, you like to sort of have the traditional summer of cricket, a summer sport. So have you got much pre-season in once you've been uh, up north and enjoying the sunshine? Um... I've, I've got one preseason game in um, I t- because of the cricket. I, I don't do preseason Saturdays, um, but I got to the uh, game against Heaven Town, who play in the level below us. Um, so, and, and Ronnie, who does the Mariners podcast with me, he got the two game. He got the two different games, and um, the 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 difference. You know, the difference between what we had at the end of last season and what we've got now at South Shields. It's really like the the uh, the old adage, chalk and cheese, really. Um, incredible the work Kevin Phillips has done over the summer with the help of the new recruitment manager, Joe Monks, and of course, ultimately, the support of Jeff Thompson, the chairman. Um, he's made some astonishing signings. So um, everybody is excited up here. Really, really excited. Yeah. Well, we'll touch, we'll touch on Shelf Shields in a minute because I'd like to put to a point that Jimmy Dean made about, you know, turning professional still and obviously your course professional. So we'll touch on that in a minute. But uh, Trev, as, um, as Gaz quite rightly commented on your social media, I think, in the past week, for someone that hates pre-season, you've done quite a lot of pre-season this year, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I have, yeah, again. Yeah, but is this because of your daughters getting involved in the football now? I don't know if you know this, Chris. You know, obviously last season, his daughter's child, yeah. his daughters are loving it now. Brilliant, I saw that. Yeah, Brilliant. yeah. A little bit before the Lionesses won a few Sundays ago, they were they were wanting to go to games, which is to say the first time they've really shown some interest in it. The eldest one went to Wembley last season when Little Hampton played, so she's she's got a little bit involved in it. A lot of her school friends go to watch to watch Little Hampton as well, so that drags her along. But um, yeah, they can't get enough of it at the moment. It's draining my bank. It really is. <laughs> um, it, it's it's keep it's keeping tea bars and burger bars in profit. I'll give I'll give everyone that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I still I still I I still don't like preseason, but I've I've changed my view on it. I think because of the way I do the blogging, I'm looking at it from a different point of view. You know, I completely understand the games there for the players and the managers. <laughs> For fitness, for formation, for tactics, technique, yeah. everything. It's, it's nothing. There's nothing there for us supporters apart from seeing who who the new guys are running out in, in your shirts. But I think because I look a little bit more analytically towards things these days, you understand that a little bit more. And a lot of the times I've gone to games though pre-season though is within reason because there's someone I know as a manager of a club that I've not spoken to for three or four months. There's a chance to go and. You know, to get to see them getting early as well, you know, before the season before the season starts, and 
at the end of the day, again, it is it is a game of football. And I think as well, in a lot of cases, I found last year as well that, you know, when you get to the 60-minute mark, there's a raft of substitutions and the game just goes to pop because you've got almost a second string out. And I found last year, I think, where everyone came back after two stop-start years that everyone had the real bit between their teeth, wanting mm. to play, wanting to show. And I think that showed again this year, even... I went to one last Tuesday, Corinthian and Cray, and neither side had kicked off their league season yet. And it was, Corinthian had obviously got quite a few first teamers playing, but they were still both, you know, a fair matter in a trialist on, on both sides. And it didn't yeah. ruin the spectacle of the game. But, you know, you still got players four or five days before the last set starts to kick off, still looking for a club as well. I think it's fair you say that because obviously, you know, as you know, I went to, I think, well, three, four maybe of Worthing's preseason games, all at home because just convenience. And you know what, my you guys know what my job's like. It's not always going to be throughout the season. I can get to every Saturday, so you know, I make the most of it when I can. But it's that it's that sort of it's not a flat atmosphere because it's nice to see. But I think I've looked at it more from an analytical point of view this season because of the podcast and because of the, you know the work we do around long league. It's interesting to see. Obviously, chatting to you, Trevor, and your blog and everything like that. But you know, I find these teams with so many trialists now, it, it's quite hard to yeah. follow, and you can really see if they are and they're not gelling. And sometimes I think we get our hopes up. Like, Worthy had a great preseason. I mean, we beat two football league teams. Bearing in mind, it was their second string teams where we beat Swindon, I think it was 5-1 or 6-1. And we beat Wickham 5-2, I think it was, or 5-1. 5-1, I think. 5-1, I think, yeah. I think Swindon was 6-2. And you think, doesn't doesn't really matter. But there were some players that played in that Wickham... Um, Capital One Cup, or whatever it's called now, the Carabao Cup squad in that yeah. first game of season. So one of them was the next Worthing player. And you think, if we're playing that well, we were chomping at a bit to get going. And whereas last year, where we went, started off in Ismin, and I think it's like you said, Trev, you know, everyone was chomping at a bit to get back. We had two disrupted seasons. As you know, we don't need to go into the stories of Worthing and South Shields. We all know where we were. Obviously, Worthing went one step further than South Shields, but we were all chomping and chomping at the bit to get back to action. And Worthing kicked off the season quite poorly, being knocked out of the FA Cup couple of like you know a bank holiday monday defeat to um Lark oh, rivals bogner yeah. you know a couple of other rubbish results we were like christ have we just hyped ourselves up this preseason for nothing but i think this year i've looked at it from a different point of view i've enjoyed preseason a bit more it's not my favorite but you know we've had to, we'll get on to the national self and how the season has started in a little bit but i found that it's it was a little bit more enjoyable but still had that flat feeling i just couldn't wait for it to get going yeah yeah definitely definitely and it's, it's it's just one of those we have to put up with preseason, as you say, it's for the players, it's for the team. And, you know, the manager needs to see this one out. And quite a lot of the players that impressed for Worthing preseason have actually gone on to sign terms with Worthing. So it's quite interesting to see. But like like the summer specials, preseason is behind us. Um, let's let's move on to South Shields because you've had enough Southern accents over the last couple of months with uh, <laughs> our specials. Um Chris, let's let's just take it back to the end of last season. For those mm. that um, I'm sure you don't need reminding, but obviously heartbreak for Shields, and uh, it was the semi-finals, wasn't it? And you got yeah, knocked out on, on penalty shootouts, where you know a little bit like England the previous year, the England men's team, we had the opportunity to win the game on the shootout, but unfortunately mm. it went a bit Pete Tong. I know, obviously, talking on our WhatsApp group and everything like that, it took it took you a little while to get over it, but you you quite quickly got over it and. You know, you did say to us, you thought that, you know, maybe it's time to rethink this pro like situation. Yeah. Are we actually going to get up to the National League North with the current structure of the club, the way yeah. it's being run? Is Kevin Phillips the right man for the job? Is there much dead work? And I did mention it earlier in the podcast, but 
Jimmy Dean, when we spoke to him in the summer special, he was saying he thinks it's ridiculous for a club at your level to be professional, which, you know, I'm sure you can echo the sentiment yeah. at times yeah. because are you really getting the best players for that money? Yeah. Whereas if you went to that part-time model, you could be getting 10 times better players. Now you've said you're quite happy with the signings and the way the squad's looking. What's yeah. changed? Like, why do you think you've got these players and what's different from last squad? How many have you replaced? How many has been changed? What, what, what's gone on up North apart from a new stand opening? <laughs> nine, nine players have come in as it stands. Seven have gone out. Two have gone out on loan in the last four days. Um, there's a new head of recruitment, a guy called Joe Monks. And um, I um, podcasted with the South, South Shields management team on Friday and they couldn't speak highly enough of Joe. Uh, basically, we've remained professional but if it makes sense, we've gone more professional in the sense that we've actually signed professional footballers. Um, we haven't signed full-time players who steal a living. We've signed proper professionals who get the crack. Um, we've signed Gary Little, who was more than 700 senior professional appearances. Um, at centre-back, we've, we've signed um, two centre-backs who are what I like to call units. They are huge. So we've we've put that wrong right. Um, we've signed... Um, we've basically signed about four from Hartlepool. So we've signed four lads from either Hartlepool or York City. And they are proper... Proper, proper players. And they haven't come to South Shields for a payday. That was clear the moment they signed. Uh, we still got last year's Deadwood. Um, we've released the seven gone. But out of the seven who have gone, I can't think of anyone who I wanted to go. The three who I want to go are still there, but they won't be there much longer, I'm sure. So that must be that must be a bit of frustration from you because, as you said last season, there were some real, real Deadwood. And you used, to say, you used yeah. the same, you used it already tonight, still the living. You know, yeah. they are probably what Jimmy Dean was like sort of pushing at and sort of hinting at that mm. these are players that are useless, but they use the term of well, professional they're football. Not, to... They're not useless. They, they can play, but they play when they want to play. Um, Trev, you know JJ Hooper, he's one of them. Um, that doesn't surprise one, me. Yeah, one of them actually has worked hard this preseason. Natumba Masanga, he's gone on loan to Stafford till January. But Kevin Phillips has said he's not part of his plans, just isn't the right fit. But to be fair to him, he's put a good shift in over the summer. Fair play to him. I wanted him out, but he's done it. You know, he's worked hard. He's just, that's all you can ask for. And the other one's Cedric Main, who he really is stealing a living. Um, uh, and he he's been injured since the first day of preseason. He, he tweeted in May from Holland that he was undergoing rehab. To get himself fit, he tweeted video footage of his rehab in at the Dutch FA, and it's rubbish. It's absolute rubbish. He hasn't. He's he's, he's still injured. Plays when he wants. FC United in Manchester wouldn't have transfer listed him last October, had he had he been uh, anything reasonable. Good player, good footballer, but plays when he wants. So so ultimately, the difference being this thing about being full time. Um, I don't agree with it in many ways. But I'm happy with the fact that we've actually got gone even more. 
professionals probably pay, paying more money, but hopefully we'll recoup some of that when we get rid of the deadwood. Um, but we've signed proper players who want to play, who want to work hard. The fitness levels, the fitness levels are through the roof. It's unbelievable. Kevin said at the end of last season that he couldn't believe how we weren't fitter than the opposition being full-time. And it wouldn't happen again. And these lads, Jordan Hunter, the fullback, he's got his body fat down to 6.5%. It's, they, they are Got fit. any tips? Um, don't drink like we drink. <laughs> yeah, James, that's true. You know, you know, we drink to be more. honest, I know with my diet, I probably if I, I would have lost more weight if I just stopped that beer. But how hard is it not to have a beer <laughs> or football? I mean, yeah. if I went and had a gin and tonic or a glass of red or something on a match day, I think it first of all would be gone within five seconds. And secondly, I don't think that would really work as well in the terraces. Mm. But I digress. But so, so Chris, you. you Obviously, you looked at positivity last year, so we can't say anything's different. Obviously, you saw you were very positive at the beginning of last season. You were up and down throughout the season. It was kind of an ongoing joke at one stage. Dark, well, does, does Chris believe that South Shields will be promoted? It was a bi-weekly question, and it was yeah. probably 50-50, the amount. And unfortunately, we, we all know we were supporting you. And it, it's, it's sad not to be sharing that journey with you. But yeah. Do you, do you really feel, do you feel, although you're positive last season, what I'm trying to say is, really, do you feel that there's a different feel about the club and you reckon you will really be pushing up for the, t- the title? I mean, should you be winning champions? Yeah, definitely. There's a different feel. I went down to the club a few weeks ago to pick up my season ticket cards. And there's a, there's a kind of like, we mean business feel about the whole place. But the new stand is fully open now. Mm-hmm. Um, so the boardroom's open. Club shops open every day um, because it, it's manned via the staff who work in the boardroom. Um, there's just a professional feel. Uh, we mean business. And I, I think without wanting to put any pressure on anybody, I'd be disappointed if we didn't win the championship by eight, nine points. I think we, what we've, we've signed proper proper ballers you know um but i can really gary little tom broadbent michael woods martin smith all these players that they're really really good players who've played at hartlepool they've played at york we've signed um lewis alessandra from uh from the football league um bit of a, a striker he's never played anywhere other than the football league he signed last week as a late deal it wasn't gonna Kevin Phillips oh you've got me I've been trying to think of where we signed him from what was his name Lewis Alessandra apologies for not knowing it's gone it's gone from the top of my head Um, but he's only ever played in the football league Um, and again it was a you think oh has he come to Shields for a payday but he played for Carlisle last yeah but he's played at Plymouth County Hartlepool York Rochdale, Plymouth, Morecambe, Chester, Oldham. Not bad career. Yeah, he's had a, he's had a football league career. Just It's just the way these lads talk compared to the way the lads we signed last year talked. Mm. And also, 90% of Kevin's transfer business was done about five weeks before pre-season even started. Mm. So, um, yeah, there's a real we mean business attitude. Um, Lee Picton, who was joint manager with Graham Fenton, who became chief executive, is now back as a coach. So okay. he's, back on the, he's back on the grass. And um, there's a great dynamic between Kevin, assistant manager Wes Brown, and, and Lee Picton. 
lots of energy, lots of knowledge, experience. They've just got it. To me, they've got it right. Um, the consensus among fans is, yeah, they've got it right this time. They know them. There was a root and branch review conducted at every level of the club in May and early June, and they've put a lot of things right. Um, and the fans are naturally excited. Uh, and we all are. It's, yeah, fantastic. But you just think there was a massive hangover from those two seasons where it just didn't happen, that that was basically, that was it for the 12 months of last year? No, I, we, um, Ronnie and I caused a bit of a kerfuffle last, I'm going to say February, maybe early March, in our Mariners podcast. Um, this year, we this were, year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was this year. We got yeah, wrong. Not going to get wrong, but we kind of upset a few, upset the chairman. Yeah, but you you said what you needed to be said. You're an independent yeah. podcast. This is it. I just think because my closing gambit was we had the blueprint and we threw it away um, because the the COVID season, the the full COVID season, we were ten points clear. You know, we were going to win the league by a street, and. Graham Fenton decided to break that up. I, I don't get why he did that. Um, he changed so much in terms of the style of personnel, not just the personnel, it was the style of personnel. And, um, and he he made those signings that I that I believe he got wrong last year as well, um, the, the players who I've mentioned previously. So... Um, I don't think the same mistakes will be made again. And the, the attitude of the players is first class. First class. Um, and we were excited, really excited. Uh, it's, 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 we're going to obviously be following along from the Premier League podcast side because, you know, we want you to be up in step two with us. Um, before we yeah. move on to, um, you know, Barnet and Worthing, just a little catch up on them. Um I read that you've got a new walkout song by a band called Big Romance called This Feeling, a local yes. band. Mm. Now, I know it happened at Worthing a couple of years ago. One of the gaffer's friends wrote a song, We Are The Rebels, which I think gets an airplay because, you know, it's not a bad song, but it was slated by quite a few of the vocalist sort of supports. Now, changing things, you've got, you've got emotions behind goal music, you've got emotions behind people. Like it happened at Charlton when we had the new owner, he put his own song, um, he wrote a song about Charlton and replaced the Red Red Robin, which has been our walkout music for like over a hundred years. What, what, how was it received and like, what are people thinking about it? Just a little bit of a light-hearted end to the convo. Uh, so the idea started because uh, Jeff Thompson, the chairman, doesn't like, because for the last whatever years, Got, we've walked out to Thunderstruck by ACDC. Yeah. I'm not a fan of it, if I'm honest. I don't like it. Maybe not a choice, that. but, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's what it was, but Jeff didn't like it. And um, Jeff Main, who um, is our PA announcer, but also helps run the All Things Mariners uh, page on Facebook, a great Shields fan, good friend of mine. He's a big follower of local music, well, music in general, but a lot of local music with his colleague on All Things Mariners, Stu Rounthwaite. And it was just like, I think it might be one of those light bulb moments, but um, one of the members of um, Big Romance, his dad is a season ticket holder at South Shields. And it just kind of kind of snowballed a little bit and thought that a local band could write the song. And the, the lyrics are really, in some of the lyrics are about this lad's dad's um, South Shields 
background, his love of the club, his love of his town. So it's been received reasonably well. There's been a, 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 on Saturday, I noticed on a couple of pages that some people don't like it and um, it's, it's not good enough. It's But unfortunately, <laughs> the, the PA system blew a fuse on Saturday. So the song wasn't really played. Um, I think it needs to be given time. It's a good song. The lyrics, the, the lyrics have proper meaning. And it's just nice to get a good local band, a little bit of um, publicity. Um, are they famous? Like, oh, they've made any music waves, or they're just not, a local band? They're the local band. They're not famous, but they're they're good musicians. Yeah, they're they're, they're young lads. Yeah, and I just think it's 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 not oh, a nice. bad song. It's good. So, look, but you will get people mourning. There was a lot of mourning. Oh, I think it's rubbish. We should have this. We should have that. We should have this. And about as the page went on, as the replies came in. You had about 25 different songs. You think, well, no, that's crap, and that's rubbish, and that's crap. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, no. We've had all of them. You know, South Shields, historically, used to walk out onto the pitch at Simon Side Hall to a, a tune called March of the Mods. Um, so it's, uh, it's yeah, it's time for something new, something fresh. I think the idea itself is a good one. No, fantastic. Yeah, I have to give it a listen. So it's called... Uh... This feeling by a band called Big Romance. I'm sure you yes. can find it on YouTube. Yes, it's on Spotify. It's Spotify. On Spotify. There we go. Have a yeah. look at it. Have a little link. And it's, it's been produced and it ultimately engineered by engineers who work with U2 and all, all kinds of artists. So it's, it's properly done. Brilliant. 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 Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Um, so should we talk about that league that you quite didn't quite make last season? So she's that a bit of a bit of a bitter stab in the back there, a bit, of a bit of a thing like that. That no, was the um, latest for Worthing. So no, it's fine. yeah, no. I, obviously, Mate. we we know we know you do. It's just a <laughs> just a little Josh in there. But um, we should talk about National League South Trade before we move on to Barnet. Um, I know you've gone to probably a couple more Worthing games than you usually would in pre-season <laughs> this year. Um, you know, yeah, we've had chats. You like what you see. We've we've signed some good players, I think, and um, players with experience that will hopefully cast us a good, it's good, strong sort of points tally in the National League South. It's unlike Chris. It's one of those things that no one at Worthing knows what to expect. It's new ground. It's new new grounds. It's a new league. It's no one knows. You know, all I would say from the boys, I'd just like to survive. But I think we'll do better than that. I think I really think if we play. 
well, we could easily be in the top half of the table, uh, cement ourselves in National League. So it'd be, be brilliant to be where we are now at the end of the season. We're currently fourth in the league after two games, but you can't really um, say anything about that till you get to probably at least October, November time when you start to see things. But Trev, from like obviously from watching the games alongside me and everything like that, what, what are your initial thoughts on the squad? I mean, uh, a 1-1 draw with Dover Athletic relegated from the National League uh, last season for obviously their points deduction and a 4-2 win over Welling, who obviously struggled last year, but, you know, they're a, they're a sort of National League sort of, they've been in around the National League for a long time. It's not a bad start, is it, by the Rebels? No, it's a very, very good start. I think, though, as uh, as we've spoken and um, I've said to a couple of other people as well, the game against Dover, though, showed that, you know, you step up one level, you take your chances. If you don't, you end up with a defeat or, you know, or, or an absolute thumping. It can be, you know, the margins are that much smaller. And I think signing those experienced players that Adam Hinchel would done will help greatly. They've, you know, they've been around, they've been in that division a long time, a lot of those players as well. You know, they should help. They should help the crew, excuse me, <clears throat> you know, that's already there. But then you get young Joe Rye that steps in, 18 years old, has a man of the match performance Amazing. against Dover and then scores on Saturday at Welling. It's, you know, you know, you're starting to get the stuff of dreams already, you know, only two games in. Yeah, it's it's crazy because um you know we, we we've the ones we signed Chris I'm sure you kept an eye on you know listeners is we've got Adam Elabd who's played for Brighton yeah. Jake yeah. Robinson who's also played for Brighton and he's been a professional um the unfortunate thing about Jake is that uh unlike the first game of last season uh, uh, Alex Parsons certain Alex Parsons got injured and was out for the rest of the season uh quite a bad tackle on Jake Robinson who also scored in that game and was pinging him in left, right and centre throughout the preseason. He's on the injured list and no one knows where what's going to happen. But we've got some brilliant signings. We lost one of our key players, Jasper Pattenden, who was one of our wingers. He was signed for Wickham and he was brilliant last season. I'd love to have seen him in the National South. So I think he would have teared it up. But, you know, we, we've got some really, really good, strong players with uh, Callum Keeley, who's, who was on loan for us. And he's got National League. He's got National South experience. Um, we've got Charlie Tonning, Tanning, Kane Wills, who's Dorking, um, Dan Bowery, who signed from Kings Lynn. I think that was quite a big signing for us. Um, Jake Robinson, as we said, we've got uh, Nordebek Bobomomodov, that confusing <laughs> one, gonna be a nightmare for Pete to uh, um, pronounce, and a handful of other signings. And you know, I think Adam means business. I think there was a few people that weren't 100% sure signing a lot of the old because a lot of these players are in their 30s and you think, but they've already shown that I think in this league you need those experienced heads to sort of calm the youngsters down and lead with example. I think, sorry, I, I'm going to put in, I, I think you need that at, 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 at that level, the level above and the level yeah. below. Yeah. That's what South Shields have just done. You know, the, the, they've signed proper players. Well, what I would say is that one of the, the, the dynamic of non-league football is completely different to 25 years ago, 30 years ago. They were part, these lads now are fit. And if they've looked after themselves properly from the age of 16, they might be 32. But in real terms, if you go back 30 years, they're, they're the, the equivalent of a 28-year-old. So yeah. you're not just buying experience, you're buying quality as well. Well, that Jake so, Robinson, before he was injured, he was running around, like I'd say, in mid-20s would. He was so fast and, you know, he never seemed to be out of breath for anything. Yeah. Well, Gary Little, who's just signed the centre half at South Shields, he's, yeah. he's thirty six. I thought, you know, he's immense. He's just he he literally cantered through the mm. game on Saturday. 
didn't I don't think he broke sweat even though it was sweltering. Yeah. Didn't look yeah. like he broke he wears he wears a an under like a, a skin, like a you know wanna, a long yeah, sleeve, yeah, yeah. you know, even in that heat, just didn't break sweat. Brilliant. I thought you know as a tough Chris. <laughs> I think what? he's from like about thirty miles south, so the further south. <laughs> oh, so he's, he's really a southerner then. So you mean, <laughs> yeah, but I thought I seen picture of Chris in his mini skirts on the tune in December. Is that not right? No, not me. Oh, maybe no. uh, um, you're you sure. Oh, hmm. uh, Twenty-five years ago, maybe. Uh, there we go. Um, no, but as Trevor said, there, I think you know one of the things Worthing can have to learn this season take chances because I'm sure Trev could agree. You know, Worthing probably could and should have won that game against Dover, missing a penalty, missing two sitters. We could have been three or four up by the break. But like, you know, I think maybe the moment got too much for players and we were lucky at the end to come away with the point. Uh, great save by our goalkeeper, Harrison Mayle. Um, but it's going to be a fascinating season. It's literally like a science project. It's going to be interesting to see because no one knows what to expect. And I think going to, not only being a fan, I think we're all going to be excited to see how far they can do and what we can expect from the season. I think every league underneath the national the national league itself is going to be so interesting all the way through because you've got clubs now at places where they should have been two years ago they're at the level they should be punching at and underneath that everyone else can breathe can expand can play because those clubs are not stifling their growth anymore they're you know they're all where they should be and it's going to be fascinating i mean already in the in both the south and the north on its own two games in, there's clubs in in places in the table I'm looking at going, hang on, that's not where yeah. I had you, you know, yeah. two two games ago. And, you know, we are only two games in and, you know, there's such a long way to go. Things can change, you know, so drastically. But, yeah, I think it's going to be great all the way through from one to one to six this year. I mean, how many it's times what? did we say last season, Worthing, like, so just get out of the league. We want you out of the league yeah. because, mm. you know, we know you're best in the league. You just need to get... Piss off and multiply, basically. Yeah. Go forth and multiply because we want to. We want to uh, get our teams up there. Chris, sorry, mate. No, but also, if you look at the for instance, the National League North, you know, clubs like um, Darlington, um, York City, these clubs um, are naturally you were classed as big clubs. Yeah. So the, the competition is just getting more and more fierce. Blythe Spartans, for instance, who struggled historically over the last four years played one game and sacked the manager. Yeah. I mean, what's that about? <laughs> and you think, well, one game in, they must have had someone in in mind, in place. Very strange. But they haven't. No, they no, put, no. They've put out adverts. And they, put, they put the advert on Twitter, which allowed the likes of you and I to apply or take the piss. I mean, it's just ludicrous, you know. But but Blythe are going to probably not. I don't want to say get their comeuppance, but they're going to find themselves wanting because they are not at that level. When you consider how many clubs are now really trying to, to be yeah. successful, yeah, yeah. it's true. So fierce, so fierce. No. It is. We'll wrap it up on the Worthing bit before we touch on Barnet. I do think an interesting comment from Saturday's game at Willing. I wasn't there due to work, re- uh, to family reasons. So it wasn't work for once, it's family. Um, niece and nephew's naming ceremony, as I said to you, Chris. Very good. Hey, yeah. Ceremony. Hey, well. Very good. Hey, well, he was. 
They, yeah, AWOL has, has Trev like Drink, to wind me up drinking. on the Twitter account. He was, he was drinking. I was actually, yeah. My wife said, well, it doesn't make a change when you act in the twat out of the weekend, but you're not at the football. You're drinking at a naming ceremony. <laughs> that, that, that's the wife for you. They're so lovely, isn't she? Oh, my, my, my darling wife. But um, no, I think one of my friends did say to me that they were talking to a few fans in a bar, Welling obviously being in the National League for a long time. And they did say, you play like that for the rest of the season and have that intensity for the game you'll find yourselves up there. So that's what's going to be interesting. Can we keep up that intensity? To, to put four past Welling United is is pretty good. I mean, it could have been more again. So I'm excited to see that. Yeah, the, the only thing that concerned me, James, was um, the pegging back from, from you know, it was, it was it was a little bit, again, you know, you've got to take your chances at one end, but you've got to shore it up at the other end because not yeah. every week are you going to be able to, to, um, to, to, to score four. Yeah. Um. And if you and if you're letting twos and threes in, you know you've yeah. you've really got to, you no. know, really no. look at it. No, I, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's going to be. I can't get all aggy because it's a new league this year, so we can't do that. James, but... can I just ask? Um, I know it's only two games in. Have mm. you noticed any difference in the the match day experience? Yeah. Yeah. To be... to... To be fair, we've had like obviously I've only done one home game in the National South, so I can't compare for away games yet. And I've got a couple coming up in the next sort of month and a bit, which will be interesting to report back on. But Worthing have listened to the fans. We've got a new bar manager, and you know we've we've had plenty of conversation on this podcast over the past year. Pete and I and our frustrations, even Trev and Gaz at Worthing on a match day experience, like the queues to get a pint and everything like that, queues to get food. So what Worthing have actually done, which you know hats off to them, it's it's good. They've they've got a new bar manager who's run pub before the girl before i think had just run social clubs and you know thinks she'd run le- lower non-league club bars so where you're not going to get the crowds but the new guy has we, we've got a new outdoor bar area so there's a new sort of fan zone which is made out of a shipping container which is going to cover over in the winter with um like tarp and stuff like that and possibly put some screens out there have some tables which is a great little area um they're pretty poor in pints which helps the queues massively because uh, yeah. they, they the, the previous bar wouldn't do that because they worried it go flat but everyone's trying to say they're not gonna go flat because you'll sell them instantly they literally just need someone pouring someone serving mm. so on that part and they've, the, the food option from the club has been sort of taken down a little step and they're actually getting street food stalls in which maybe a little bit um dulwich hamlet on us uh, a little bit hipster you know for football but as we've said on here before we know that some of these like instagram pages you know any sort of funky food gets a little follower or tweet so we've had so far we had a pizza um napoli pizza style um wood-fired pizzas with trev we had burgers two times and we had a, a burrito sort of wrap tortilla wraps um on one game so Feedback was good. There wasn't massive queues. Um, so, yeah, apart from that, if it keeps up, then it's going to be great. Because we had, I think, what was it, Trevor, on the first game? Was it 1,500? 1,506. Yeah, we had 1,506. So, you know, to actually not have to queue for more than a couple of minutes to get beer at half time, it was brilliant. So, fingers crossed it keeps up. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, because we know we'll be critical on it on here if it doesn't. And I'll be critical on it on our own podcast. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, listen. I, I, South Shields with a new stand open means the new yeah. bar's open, which means you've got the servers inside the bar, but also there's a serving hatch yeah. on the outside. Yeah. So it's, it's it looks so nice. I, I am very jealous, oh. and I, I showed I showed our club shop lady pictures of your club shop. And Ben and I was still under a little a pop up marquee gazebo on a match day. She 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 told me uh to uh well we'll we won't repeat it on air. Case, <laughs> uh, but yeah, she told me to take that phone and shove it where the sun don't shine. Um, yeah. but yeah, that's that's one thing I hope we do soon. But um, we'll touch on another aspect of the match day experience. I experienced on that first game of the season against Dover because it was quite a sour and. 
I think the club could have acted better, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, Barnet, Trev, is it going to be enough one of those seasons? Or are you quite no. happy? Or... No, we're third. Stop the count. Stop the count. <laughs> Stop now. Uh, yeah, no, we've had a nice start. Nice start. Yeah. yeah. Feel positive or, you know, signings? Oh, wise miles and... better. Miles better. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the one biggest thing, stability of having a manager over the summer yeah. for the first time in, what, three three seasons, I think. You know, recruitment mm. for us started last November. Honed it down to, I think it was 100 and something players by February. And then by... The season's end, sort of the end of May time. They had 50-odd targets of players they wanted to bring in. Tony's backed him. Tony's given him the budget. even actually increased it on last year. So he yeah. trusts Dean in, in what he's doing. Um, and they've given us a nice buy one, get one free season ticket yeah. offer as well, which I took up. Um, I'm not going to get to every game, but, you know, at that price, of you know, um, How much was it? It's four hundred for one ticket, roughly. So between two of you, it's two hundred each. Oh, that's not bad. So you know, if you went to every game, it brings it down to a level of twenty quid a game, which is what you should be paying. Um, still, don't think we have the match day price right. It's too expensive. You're not going to get your floaters in and your odds, odds and sods. You know, deciding to go to the high for a day, but you know, the the club seems to be moving far more in the right direction than it's done for many a year and um there's there's still a few people i've got to say it, it makes me laugh on on saturday we played gateshead and we were tuning up at half time but we didn't we didn't we didn't play well at all um and they pegged us back in the second half same as dagenham did to the, the you know to gateshead the week before yeah um but a few were losing their heads as from from, from as far as what i was concerned um you know we, we, we aren't going to play well for 46 games that's impossible um, those players will be playing at that level if we did. And we're two games in, not 42 games in, and we've chucked away two points in a promotion lead. Um, I think, you know, and it's not just, I wouldn't just point it at Barnet fans. I've seen us in fans up and down uh, on Twitter at the weekend. Absolutely, for want of a better word, losing their shit on two games in. And you think, Christ, what's it going to be like, you know, 10 games in when you really start to understand where the team's going to finish or who's, you know, who's going to do what. I, you know, I just think there needs to be a little bit of um, realism. You know, we're, we're not going to be the, you know, we know we're still two players short, striker and a centre-half, mm. um, you know, and he's desperate to get both in Dini's, but, you know, it takes time. It's not, not, not that easy, but, you know, it, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen overnight. You know, this time last year, we had no points after, I think, seven... No, we had two points after seven games when Kiel went. We got four already after two. Now, if that ain't progress already, you know, and and and, and I like the fact people are getting humpier as losing a two-goal lead, but if you're going to be turning up and play badly and still come away with a point, you know, I really ain't going to grumble at that. I'm not. If, if you average two points a game, that's kind of playoff football, yeah. isn't it? Precisely, precisely, you, you know, started with a win at home, win your home games, don't lose your away games, you know, that's it. It's one of the topics you were going to say though, Trevor, about, um, you brought up in our WhatsApp group, you know, about fans getting angsty and sort of, you know, getting a bit aggy already. I mean, I can't really say defend anyone for that because I was exactly like that last season with Worthing. Um, obviously, it's a different scenario at Barnet and other clubs, but do you think it is the sort of like, you know, that sort of, difference between pre-season because we all know the pre-season you cannot you can never take that into the season you, you know, I think Worthing I might be wrong 
I think we won every we won we didn't lose a game, but we chose to drop a game and let some other. I think it was Little Hampton. No, we lost to Little Hampton, but that was the second string sort of side. Yeah. But we we didn't lose any game. I think we we drew at Selsey uh, and we let them have the trophy to out Turving oh, Cup or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think we let them have that because we didn't want to take it into penalties and extra time. But obviously that puts you into good stead and thinking, wow. And it's the same last season for Webb. we beat teams in the National South quite convincingly a couple of times where it varies at Tunbridge and it was, Welling, was it Welling United Welling, as well yeah. last year? Yeah. And that, but they were two clubs at the time in a bit of turmoil. So do you think it's because people see this unrealistic expectations from pre-season when a team does well and then goes into it thinking we should be smashing the league and, you know, they're just too excited to exit? Because I'm, I'm sure the amount of times Pete last season when I was on commentary for him had to tell me to calm down and stop getting so aggy because I was getting so annoyed at losing in stupid games. Do you think that's part of it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we played St Albans away the Saturday before. Um, Dean rested a couple of, of, of players who've been training on 3G for the entire time of pre-season. So, you know, with knees in mind, he rested the pair of them because they would be back on the grass on the Monday with a week to go. Mm. About 60 minutes in, he started pulling players off in preparation for Saturday and we lost 2-1. And again, everyone's losing their heads. And I'm like, doesn't matter. It's pre-season. You know, what would you rather? We don't turn up next week against Halifax and we lose, but we've beaten St Albans in pre-season. What does it matter? Yeah. We get to Saturday, we beat Halifax. Nicky Cabamba scores the second goal. Absolute mustard, apparently. Fast forward seven days onto that to Gateshead, and Kabamba's a donkey. You know, I'm, it, I, I, I just, you know, it really does Why get do on that? my go. It really does. Yeah. You just think, you know, if you <laughs> think before you tweet, <laughs> because sometimes you see, I just look at it and think, do you know what? Sometimes I think I want to respond and not going to. Another time no. I think I'm going to respond to that because that's just it's stupid. I know everyone's got an opinion on everything, but you know, take take the four points we've got, you know, and to put it into perspective, not one team in the National League after two games has won both games, you know. So I think, you, you know, I look back at what people have tweeted, uh, you know, earlier in that game, and I think, you know, you look at that end stat, only two sides haven't picked up a point yet in 20 out of 24. It's yeah. going to be such a difficult league. Yeovil took a point off Wrexham. I have Wrexham down as a banker in the accumulator. Yeovil yeah. showed me nothing at Scunthorpe the week before. You know, Bloody Hollywood tough. FC ruining your acker. Tough, tough, <laughs> tough. tough, tough. Well, no, there was more than that. York, York and Maidstone didn't help either. But, um, no. but you know, it's a, it's a tough league, and you know, none of us have got a god-given right to win to win every game. Not sure. even Wrexham. You know, simple as that. And that you know that goes goes for every level. But you know, I'm quite happy. Four points in, we play Yeovil. Uh, Tomorrow night, as as we're recording on a Monday, um, I'd expect to win that one. Um, Woking Saturday at home, I think, will, will be a bit tougher. And I think you know, I, I think you know, uh, Trev, that you know, the, these, you know, you, you look at teams like Wrexham. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with them this season, because we obviously they were never nothing against the club or the fans, but they were never our number one cup of tea on this podcast just because of what's happened and like the money got in and I think they did I think the Hollywood Hollywood guys did think they could uh, walk the league and be in uh, League 2 this season and, uh, with trophies and stuff and they haven't won anything um, I think it'll be an interesting how long do you think they'll give Phil Parkinson like you know okay they're, they're just outside the playoffs right now with four points they've, they haven't lost yet but how long are they going to give Phil Parkinson and if they're not smashing a league is it Christmas is it like earlier on is it 
good question because we've been up and having a few chats with, with, with a few people at Barnet, and I think Phil Parkinson, Paul Cook at Chesterfield, and Kevin Marrett at South End are the three that are going to feel the most pressure this season. You know, literally because all three need to get out of that division with the clubs they've got, and only two of them are going to make it. So someone's going to miss out. Um, potentially think, two, could be none of them. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 potentially. You know, you've got a lot of clubs up there as well that will fancy, Solihull will fancy their chances. Dagenham mm. need to have a real go this year. Um, mm. You know, and there will be a few others that will be in and around. But I think I think Parkinson's having, having had a year, having bought even more players in the summer and better players than, than, than were at the club last year. Personally, I don't see how they fail to get up. I really don't. I think the only way they won't do it is if they shoot themselves in the foot. Um, ask, ask me again after ten games where they are, and then I can, yeah. I can I can tell you whether he's got time or whether he well, hasn't. Well, yeah, I think I think we'll be uh, keeping a close eye on them this season, mate. I mean, we haven't got we haven't got <laughs> Ian like to, to to be defending them anymore. Have we? He, he, he had a little <laughs> soft spot for Wrexham, but it, it will be interesting to um to see because I think rightly or wrongly they've drawn attention on themselves because of who owns them and what's happened the previous season. And the fact, I think they, no one ever came out and said it, but we, I think we think the Hollywoods did think they'd walk that league and with the money and, you know, they'd smash the FA trophy and fair play to Bromley for winning the FA trophy against them at Wembley. And, you know, fair play in the playoffs you know as Adam Summerton said it was one of his best ever matches he commentated on because it was just absolute mm. carnage yeah. um, you know it, it's going to be an interesting thing I think there'll be a few teams like this season obviously the others as you mentioned South End you know uh, they're going to have big pressure on them Chesterfield all that just to see if they can get out of this league and you know there are other teams you said are going to be around there yes Definitely. Sorry, Could Chris. I thought, you, I thought yeah, you put I thought your Chris hand up there. Yeah, yeah, he's, doing, he's doing that teacher's <laughs> yawn, isn't he? Like, uh, <laughs> yawn and stretch. Is that is that how he met his wife? A little yawn and stretch like that, you know? Oh, so no. Oh, sorry. No, not at all. Oh, that's that's another story for another night, mate. So, yeah. Um, guys, I'm just going to touch on, uh, just when we wrap up sort of the National League stuff, um, I mentioned it in the chat group earlier, and I, I didn't realise this. So, Chris, when you get highlights of your game, are they normally out the same night or are they out the same day or the next no. day? So normally the the goals are probably out that night, maybe, I don't know, eight o'clock, nine o'clock. And the highlights are normally out mid between lunchtime and mid-afternoon on a Sunday. Okay. So I'm not sure if you're aware, and you'll have yes, to use hopefully, yes, about the uh, yeah the national stuff. Yeah, it's, it's something none of us expected, and quite a few of us were quite surprised because Again, as we said before, maybe the communication from Worthing. I love Worthing. I, I won't, you know, you know I love Worthing, but I sometimes think the communication at club could be better. A lot of us are waiting for National League South highlights against Welling, even if it was a draw, but it's just a moment. I think we were expecting them on the usual Saturday night or Sunday morning. They never, Worthing never put them out at the same time. It's either right away if the you're into replays on it or it's the next day, but it's never been. So on a Sunday, someone said to me in one of the chat groups, does anyone know about the highlights? Are we getting any? Or was it filmed yesterday? One of the other guys put in, and I wasn't aware of this, that because BT Sports are the official rights holders of the National League, and doesn't mean National League South and North, Despite the fact they don't show any live National League South or North games, clubs are not allowed to put out their highlights until Monday afternoon um, because of rights. Now, to me, that kept me thinking, thinking, first of all, how is that fair? I can understand the National League because they do show some things on there. But the National League South and North, they don't show any matches. If they were doing matches, then fair enough. Why why are we not allowed to put the highlights out on a Saturday night or a Sunday? Like, how is that fair, Trev? I mean, you've had more experience in National League. Like, wh- how does it make any sense? That's what I'm sort of trying to put out. 
it's cool playing with the big boys. Yes, but you know, <laughs> you, are, you look at you yeah, are, but you look yeah, at the other it, leagues, and I know it's all filmed by Sky and the EFL and stuff. But you know, you can see it oh, Alex instantly, and that was one of the things that non-league clubs are quite good at. You, a lot of the clubs got them out quickly. Yeah, but the the EFL and the Premier League will have their own separate deals, won't they, with the broadcasters as to what they do. The obviously, obviously yeah. with B, obviously with BT, they want first access to everything, so the Vanarama can get it out quicker. If you go onto if you if you go onto the Vanarama Twitter site, you'll get the goals quicker as well. Yeah. Um, it's, it's obviously something in in the contract they've signed, and it mm. bound it binds the entire national league, not just. Yeah, know, but the, the clubs free... film them themselves, though, don't they? It's not like paid for by BT. It's not like BT send a camera down and film it themselves. No, but like I say, that's the contract that the national league have signed. You have to abide by. It. Do you, you think it should be changed? Listen. Chris, do you, what do you think about that? From an outsider's point of view, yeah. what do you think about it? You said you don't you don't like it. Like, what do I you don't think? like it at all. If no. if the North and South were being... If the goals of, from the North and South games were in the highlights package on BT on a sun, Saturday night or Sunday or whenever, fair enough. But if they're not, then those clubs should be allowed to put their highlights out at least on the Sunday. Yeah. Simple as that. They're not I, breaching anything, are they? No, and this, this um, is where sort of my point is, do you think there should be a National League highlight show? Because with the interest in non-league now, I mean, yeah, it'd be, as Trevor said, it'd be quite long. but, you know, like prop, a proper one, you know, like a proper with all the South and North and everything. Well, there currently is one where you see all the National League goals. That's it though, Chris, that's all it is, just the goals. That's goal it, show. just the goals. That's, 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 that's okay, but still, those clubs, live game. those those clubs are getting worldwide exposure, okay? Because remember, BT Sport is seen worldwide if you've got the right, whatever, um, VPNs, TV yeah. equipment. But <laughs> he's not, he's North, not dropping himself in it there at all, is he? If the North and South aren't in that show, then those clubs should be allowed to put the highlights out. Mm. If they are part of it, hey, tell you what, if South Shields got to the National League North and they were told that they couldn't put the highlights out until the Monday because they're on BT Sport on Saturday night or Sunday morning. Hey, I'd be happy with that. Fine by me. But they're not, yeah. yeah. But they're not. But th that's what I'm saying. Do you think there's room or do you think there's... Uh, Chris has left the room. He's <laughs> <laughs> that passionate I'm about it. He's left the room. I'm just getting, I'm joking, I'm getting mate, the hand here. really knows. I'm, I'm um, cool. it's, it's, that, it's that complete angst about against BT Sport. But yeah. what, what I'm saying is, do you think, there's, do you think there is appetite for a like a match of the day style maybe even if it wasn't on bt but maybe on youtube like could they do it on their youtube channel or like a proper full-on national league national leagues now for national league store national tongue twister national league north uh highlight show yeah, yeah. i think i think by the app put yeah. it out via their app you know because of the traffic they get through that and i think as well it goes back to the you know remember two years ago the national league was elite and the north and south were not <laughs> Yeah. But, you've, but you've got a TV deal that says we're all in one boat. You've yeah. got 70, you know? roughly 70 clubs. How many hundreds yeah. of thousands of supporters yeah. from those clubs would tune in because their team's on there? Yeah. And as you know, I can't get to every game. So it used to be brilliant that I knew wherever I was in the world or in the UK or wherever, uh, come sort of when I'm going for a beer at seven o'clock in the evening, eight o'clock, I could go on our YouTube channel and I see the goals that either won, lost or drew the match. And it was brilliant because I, yeah. I felt connected still to match day. But kind of by the time I got to Monday afternoon, I'm kind of like, oh, I moved on now. Oh, I'm back to the day job, kind of like moving like that. It's kind of like, oh, they just kind of just dropped on the YouTube channel. Yeah, it is a little bit. No. The higher up you go, 
the more what's the word tighter stringent things get yeah. think, think this yeah. season you're going to get a lot of segregation last year well, you'd have got that nowhere unless yeah. Worthington instigated themselves in the ground it's, yeah. it's almost as if I, you know I don't want to poop or anything it's almost as if like you know you go up you have to live with everything else as it goes yeah. that way yeah. And, yeah. no of course you know, I think that's one thing that they could change, especially how non-league's got more popular over the last few years. I think mm. it'd be a lot more attractive. I mean, it'd be lovely to have sort of step three and below shows, but we know all clubs don't film it and stuff, and a lot of them are done through Vimeo. Maybe it's our next project, James. We'll get yeah, you always yeah. the replay involved, and we get something going. Premier non-league podcast Saturday show, yeah. But then we could take take Pete to the mainstream, Pete and Chris as the commentators. Yeah, you know they both do their job. You could let yeah, their little voiceovers, couldn't they? Yeah. Who's going to be Martin Tyler? Who's going to be Andy Gray? Though that's what we need well, to know. Do you know what I mean? Ronnie and I used to do the um, the live stream uh, during yeah, COVID. We go. did the full show. We did wow. a, we a, a a show from two thirty till five ten. Yeah, there you, know? you go, Louis. If you fancy it, uh, Louis. If you fancy it, uh, give us a <laughs> shout from your Instagram replay. If there's anyone else that's listening, that fancies it, give us a shout. Maybe we're onto something. Adam Summerton our newest fan I'm sure you're listening right now I'm sure you are on your way to uh, <laughs> Milan for the latest uh, Milan derby or whatever you're doing or Wrexham for your latest commentary project but yeah give it a little go but we digress guys but you're talking about segregation Trev and unfortunately this is where the, the sour souring goes of my National League South experience so far Obviously, I was up in the commentary area with Pete, but there was some real, real disgusting behaviour from Dover fans at that first game. And you know, obviously, you're there with your girls, and you know, luckily you weren't anywhere near the incident. But you know, there were people with kids. And in our new fan zone, Chris, there was proper fisticuffs. Someone was getting their yeah. head kicked in on the ground, uh, literally getting their head kicked in. And that's not the behaviour. On the, I mean, these people were from Dover, and I first saw it where we got in the ground. I was having a pint before the game, and the Dover fans. A bunch of, I say fans, they're not fans because even their own fans say they're idiots that have been banned from the club and they're idiots from elsewhere. But they came in and they started chanting Dover song, Worthing is an asshole, I want to go home, whatever, cool, whatever. I mean, if you've been to Dover, I, you get my drift. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, you get you, you can see where I'm coming from. But I'm not here to poo-poo Dover. I've got many cross-channel ferries from there over my years, so happy days. But I look at it and I think, hang on a second. This is the first day of the season. We're both in a new league here. You're giving a few songs. We're giving some songs back, like, you know, we're Worthing, Super Worthing, blah, 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 blah. Nothing aggressive. And you've got ones at the front looking like they're, well, they're, they're all coked up, unfortunately, because you can just yeah. tell. But, like, slitting throats, you know, one one pointing people out, I'm going to kill you. It's like, this is before the match. This is where no banter. Now, apparently the club, I, I mean, I'm not speaking into my club, but these are rumours I've heard. The club were warned about Dover's behaviour some fans because these bands are banned from the ground in Dover. Uh, it's a shame that Dover didn't pass the names on the pitches, but we don't really have that at this level. They got into the ground. They were causing problems. Obviously, someone got their head kicked in, was rushed to hospital. Could have been a hell of a lot worse. When you kick a head, you know yeah. how, how, you know, that, that organ, the brain is so sensitive that one kick in the wrong place, the guy's dead. Um, it could have been a nightmare first game. They luckily were kicked out, but unfortunately we had a new security firm. We had volunteer stewards still that aren't, you know, nothing against them. They're not used to this, but we all said segregation should be thing. It's a shame, but I think segregation is going to have to happen a lot more. And I think the club, yeah. the club should have done a hell of a lot better research because, you know, whether it was money or not, they should have think that's kind of put a dampener on our, our first day in history making day. And it's a shame that everyone's going to think of that uh, in the future. Yeah. yeah. Um, Unfortunately, the higher you go in the pyramid, the more 
like the likelihood is that you'll encounter some trouble. We had trouble at South Shields about three seasons ago in the FA Trophy. We had Stockport County come to the Shields and um, their support. It was it was segregated, but even with the segregation, um, it kicked off. Um, I think uh, it was nasty. But I think also Stockport have been there. Some of their so-called supporters have been at it again. First day of the season, if I remember. I oh, wasn't a video of someone's head like on the ground and. Uh, I was tweeting uh, going around. Yeah. Um, so there will be segregation, unfortunately, because nobody you can't take the risks. If you've got volunteer stewards, you've got a certain amount of security. There's only so much you can do. Police don't oh. want to get involved. No. Police don't want to get involved. So what? What else do you do? That's where um, you could get fined as well, because if they're having to call the police out because there's a big riot there, you know, I was worried that the club, I don't know what's happened, you never might know, but the local cops could have fined them, they could have, like, you know, issued, like, you know, they could yeah, put a restriction on yeah. attendances, which would harm it's, the club. But it's the costs, the costs of, of getting the police there as well. Um, it's, For some non-league clubs, it's just not possible. So um, that, that that's what's going to happen, because you've got, there's been trouble at certain places because... You've got idiots who have got banning orders from Premier League Championship grounds, etc., etc., because they have got the CCTV. They can, you know. So these idiots are free to go wherever they want to mm. go, and they will turn up. They will turn up. Maybe there needs to be some sort of pub wash style list for non-league. You know, I know it might be a bit of a complicated subject, but especially for the regions because <laughs> it's hard. But you know, if you've got someone on the ball, that's a lot to police, and again, you're asking oh. volunteers to, you know, yeah. say no to bubbles. someone. You know, and, and then and then all you do as well is if it doesn't happen at your level, it drops down one more, and then one more, and you're True. you're not going to get segregation at the county league, but you can turn up there and. Yeah, Hello, true. You know, anybody. Do you guys think it's ironic that the FA have this week brought out their clean up our game thing? Is it not a little bit too late and sort of half assed attempt? Should they not have brought it out before the season? We had loads of problems last season in non league national. You know, we had it in full time professional leagues. Clean up our game. A lot of clubs have shared the tweets this week and everything like that. Is it too little, too late, or is it just do you think it's acting on what what it is? They wouldn't they didn't want to put the put it out whilst the lionesses were going for for glory, you know. It was all about the lionesses, and now yeah. they've won. Now they can focus on something else. Yeah. Um. To have put that out at that time because of the lionesses' success, either, um, it would tarnish the lionesses a little bit because they brought something out, or not many people would have been watching that because they're watching the lionesses. So, um, so they not have done it on opening weekend because that was after the. Well, yeah, but don't forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah don't forget, definitely. James. People kicked yeah. off this weekend. Not everyone kicked off on the sixth, yeah. did they? So, but I think any league, and it should have been weekend. brought out maybe the first league, even the first EFL games and stuff from Premier League. Yeah. Know, but, um, I mean, to, let's just touch on the Lionesses. What an amazing moment for this country. No matter what anyone says, I, you know, what an amazing achievement by the Lionesses to finally bring a trophy home for England. It was it was great. You know, it's not it's not about professional football, which they are professional footballs in the women's game. But, you know, I think it could see a... I mean, Trev, as you said, your girls, you know, it's before the Lionesses won, but, you know, even last summer they were getting involved. But, you know, to see the women do so well, it's got to be inspiring to get young girls interested in supporting the game, playing the game. And, you know, hopefully we've got a new breed of football coming to this country. Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? I mean, both of my girls wanted to uh, go to the game in um, October when... The Americans USA game, yeah. Come over, so we got tickets for that. So they're both. Oh, you actually managed to get course. tickets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, I, if I get, if if, if they decide not to go, queue in front of me. Yeah, if they decide not to go, I'll happily take that. Oh, no, mate, we, you you are the child. 
unfortunately. Yeah, I, know. I know, I mean. <laughs> you act like one, but, you know. <laughs> All right, mother. <laughs> Sound like my mother's talking to me right now. Um, but yeah, no, no, it was it's, it's fantastic game to watch. Really, yeah. really. I, I caught a bit of it while I was I was on holiday as well uh, for the for the earlier games. So I didn't catch much of the quarterfinal. But saw sort of uh, the semi final was a flipping preseason game at Barnet. So I only saw the last twenty minutes of that. But yeah. um, no, it's nice nice to have that through the summer as well and sort of lifting. Lifting, you know, the nation a little bit with what else is going on with the blooming cost of living crisis and all this. Yeah, well, you, can, you know, forget it for five minutes and watch a game of football. Have you actually literally got my iPad right in front of you because you've just linked in nicely to the next subject? I was no, mate, I'm just full of great ideas. You should the, know that by now. Uh, we're, we're so like in, incognito, not incognito, we're so in sync here, mate. You know, I was going to mention the energy crisis and I was I was sitting on the sofa before um, before coming on air with you guys and I was writing down notes and my wife goes, oh God, are you trying to turn it all political? I was like, no, Vicky, I'm not. I'm trying to talk about the energy crisis because the Ismian League, has, and I'm not sure if the Northern Premier and that lot have said, but um, they've said they'll enable earlier games in the winter to save on energy costs because we know uh, a lot of those clubs don't have the latest, greatest LED lighting. They have the old halogen bulbs, which will do cost a lot. Um, great idea, I think, but is it going to upset the uh, apple cart or could it be a bonus? Because you might be able to get people, you know, like I know for a fact last year, Brighton, if they were playing at five o'clock, a lot of people still wouldn't come to Worthing because they wouldn't get in time. But if Worthing had been kicking off at one o'clock, one thirty-two o'clock to end, they'd be able to get to the game. So it could be good for non-league in that respect as well. What do you guys think? Well, yeah, it's a, to me, it's a two-pronged thing because, um, you, well, it's three, because you kick off earlier, say one thirty, two o'clock, you've got people coming into the grounds earlier, potentially staying even longer if they're going to stay after a game. Um, so not only are you saving on electricity, you've actually got the more, you've got the opportunity to earn more because people are going to be in the grounds earlier and hopefully we'll just stay just as long and into the night. But also, when this is going to be at its peak, which is end of November to end of December, our darkest time of year, there's no Premier League or Championship football because of the World Cup. Uh-huh. So, the, so the non-league game has a, a magnificent opportunity to really try and make hay. Um, it could be non-league day, for a month. Chris, we're so in sync. You're like me and Trevor tonight because I was going to lead on to that as well and say well, the natural. World Cup is an amazing it's, opportunity. It's just, it's just natural. It well, what it is, we're singing from the same hymn sheet here. It's you know, why we're going to be an award-nominated podcast very soon with the Football <laughs> Writing Awards. But we'll there's, no room for, there's no room for Pete or Gaz left on this, is there? No. No, no. We all need to put we'll our hands out it. with them and like sort of the auras have got to go around. But... Um, you're so right because I think I think for the first time, and I, you know, I say the first time for the first time in a long time, the Trident is it because I say, is it the same with the Northern Premier? Was it the Trident leagues have done it, or is it just the? Ismian? Yeah. I, I don't know anything about the North. It's just the Isthmian, as far as I'm aware. For so far, I, I you'd like to think, anything. yeah, you'd like well, to think. Basically, the, the Trident leagues normally try and do yeah. things as similarly as possible. So, so we've got we've got this opportunity, and we've got the opportunity to fall more people in love with non-league because, as we know, there's going to be a month-long break. Is it up to League One, or is it Championship and Premier League only? Championship, Premier League. I think that. League One depends on how many players. Yeah, because I think there's have. a few Charlton players that are going to be in the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, some well, of them, like... when they were in League One, they might have had the odd game postponed because of that. But uh, as far as I'm aware, it's Premier League Championship. 
So it's such a great opportunity, isn't it, to uh, make people fall in love with yeah. non-league, put money into the club. I mean, think of that. You know, we we look at this where one of the main reasons I was so pissed off about not having the World Cup in the summer. I mean, look at the beautiful weather we've had. We would have had a scorcher like it was in 2018. We'd have been out in the beer gardens. The pubs would have been making so much money up. They lost throughout COVID and everything like that. You know, it would have been great for the economy. But then you're like, you're turning around. And now, of course, because of... Um, it being in the winter, we could talk about money in Qatar and not fair and all that until the cows go home. But I think it's such a good opportunity for clubs now to make that money back and they can use it in their social clubs because, I mean, it'll be great to be watching some of these matches in the bar after a game. You've seen your team play. You've seen a bit earlier. You've got a five o'clock kickoff because that will probably be the seven or eight o'clock in Qatar. It'll be brilliant. Yeah. If you'll have a morning kickoff. Clubs could even, if there's an early kickoff, it might be, I don't know, 10 o'clock in the morning or something like yeah. that. Get, no, exactly. Get, yeah, it's, it's a ground uh, paradise. Of course it is. Of yeah. course it is. Yeah, you get a couple, wouldn't you? It'd be bloody brilliant. But it's it's one of those things that's another going to be an ex- another exciting moment for the season, um, and something I'm really looking forward to because I generally think these early kickoffs, um, as far as we know, it's only. I mean, if the energy crisis gets worse, it's whoever the new conservative leader is going to be. I think it's an opportunity for them to make their mark, and hopefully they do the right thing for the country. But in a political podcast. We look at the fact is that hopefully if, if it is still going to be an energy problem, then maybe they'll allow it to all of non-league and they'll be able to like, you know, some games will be able to kick off earlier. We can make the most of it because it, it will be fantastic. The atmosphere in clubs and it will drive so much revenue, as you say, to clubs yeah. if, if we can do it. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's, it's, it's an opportunity. Little shout out for Bedfont, whose pitch was ruined in wildfires. Did you see that? Pitch mm. was completely obliterated. Yeah. Uh, they'd got it prepared for the new season. And I think... So sad. Sparks and it completely ruined it. So that was a little note I, I saw across the world of non-league. It was um not not nice to see because especially at non-league, you can't just replace a grass-grown pitch. But Bedfont F, the other Bedfont team, let them use the Bedfont Sports. I think it was and Bedfont FC let them use their artificial trev. Yeah, I've got two. I've got two two shout-outs. They're both both Sussex based. Um, Milo keep Milo keeper Aaron Stenning's played five hundred games. For the club now at that level, which is no higher than step five, have been step six, six, I think, for a majority of their time. If they, if they even have got to step five, um, fantastic, really. You're not going to, you know, you to get that county league level, one person at one club is a, you know, pretty, pretty amazing. So, I think he deserves a shout out for that. And um, East Preston in the same division are have been out handing uh, leaflets out through letterboxes, giving people free entry to the game against Montpellier this week. Um, and they've also they said this morning that if you don't get a voucher through your door, bring a household bill or something that proves you live in the area as well, and get them in for for free. So fair fair play to the to the to those two in Sussex. What a way to get some extra support! Brilliant. Mm. Hopefully, obviously they suffered relegation last year. Could get the fans behind them to uh, get back up a division. Uh, yeah. uh, go where they are. So good little setup we got down East Preston. Um, been there once. I know you've been there a bit more. And one of one of the friends of the podcast, Pete, he's uh, he, he's one of their media manager down there or something, isn't he? So yes, he um, is, yeah. yeah, good good luck to him. Um, guys, we're kind of starting to wrap up here. Um, I think it's time to t- touch on the sponsorship. Obviously, we know Trevor has sponsored with footballwriting.co.uk the last couple of seasons, but uh, for personal reasons, he decided not to renew this year. So it leaves a little gap in the market for us to get a new sponsor on board. Um, 
and guys, as you know, we 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 honestly hand on heart don't make any money out of this. We do it out of the love of the game. We do it. We take our own time. We edit it. We conduct interviews in our own time. We fill it in for our busy schedules. So we don't take a take a cut from this. Even this season, you'll see we've we've even taken a sponsorship out at Horsham FC to produce uh, promote the podcast for one of their players. It's fifty quid that we've got out of our own pocket. So it's not through advertising, not through sponsors. We do it for the love. So all we ask is to keep bringing this to you is to have a sponsor that can help support the sort of setup costs for putting it on podcast platforms. So what we are, if, if you are interested, it's up for renewal now. If anyone is out there and would like to contact Trev, myself, Chris, Pete, Gaz, or at the PNLP on social media, on Facebook, or at the PNLP at hotmail.co.uk, sorry, hotmail.com, at the PNLP at hotmail.com, um, if you'd like to be interested in sponsorship, it's not expensive. You get your, as Trevor said, you get your logo on every episode. We talk about you. If you want to come on the podcast and discuss, I mean, it'd be great if it was someone from the world of football, we can have you on as a guest. We could do a special episode for you. Um, you know, we, we can put your, 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 your logo on. It'll be on all our social media, every episode for the future. Trevor's episodes will, they'll all still be on there if his logo on it for the future. So if anyone sees, they'll be like, oh, what's that? They can still do it. So if you have got a little bit of budget aside for supporting these uh, five non-lead addicts, I, I, we'd really, really like it if you could get in touch with us. If we don't get a sponsorship at the moment, we, the, it will continue. We'll have to dig in deep to our pockets. But obviously, it just helps us out. It helps us bring better content. And I said, we're not making it for a profit. We all got day jobs. I mean, it'd be nice if it was our day job, but I don't <laughs> think uh, I don't think we've got that sort of requirement and uh, following yet. But we, we've seen numbers grow over the summer. We've seen the comments you send us because we do see every comment. We try and respond to every comment we get. And we're not blowing our own trumpet. It's really quite a good journey this season. And we'd love if someone could come along with that journey for us. So if you are, again, at the PNLP on social media or just contact any of us, if you hear this and see us on a match day at our respective clubs, then please do speak to us. So I'm sure somewhere out there could have some sort of marketing budget and we could discuss your needs and requirements if you if you want to look at sponsoring. So I think really, guys, that's wrapping it up. Maybe in the next couple of weeks, I might be able to get to uh, Worthing versus Chippenham on, uh, on Saturday. It depends if work's kind to me. Uh, Chris, who have you got this coming weekend, the next couple of weekends? Um, Saturday away to Marine, who of course played Spurs in the FA Cup two yeah. seasons ago. So and then but it's like last season, it's full on Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday till the end yeah. of October. I'm only possibly going to one match with that Worthy game because on the twenty seventh, I'm actually going to see Cholton versus Wickham at Wickham Wanderers. Reason is is because uh Wickham's very own Jasper Pattenden, who used to play for Worthing, has invited us to the game. So I've got to go and support a former a former non-league player and also try and bite my tongue when I'm probably sitting amongst a lot of Wickham fans if Charlton scores. So uh probably be Jasper. I said to him, just whatever you do, don't score, please, mate. So uh so there we go. Trev, where where are you in the next couple of weeks? Horsham and Carl Shorten on Saturday. Guys, it's 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 been a pleasure. It's, it feels um strange how it's come around so quickly it seems like I know we've done the summer specials but I was all in the room talking about non-league football again and over that wide subject I'm sure the next couple of weeks will keep us very busy uh with sub plenty of subjects to talk about plenty of you know that's another three games by the time we next come on air you know you're gonna start seeing you know some trends and surprises are going to keep growing you know we've had the FA Cup for our extra preliminary round already you know you're going to get more FA and trophy and vars and all that stuff all the um Cup competitions start again soon. It's just, we, we love non-league. It's going to continue. I'm sure Gaz and Pete will be back next time to uh, add their thoughts of the sort of ongoing season and seeing what it's been like. But if you if you want to give us a follow and you don't already, 
at the PNLP on social media. As we say in all our tweets, and I think Trev could agree, Trev, Trev's uh, really good on the social media for us. And he says, look, if you just listen to it and enjoy it, just tell your mate and just give another listen because it helps us out. You know, it does help us out. You know, if, if we're trying to attract a new sponsor and we can say, look, we've got all these people listening, we've done all these summer specials, it's going to it's gonna really help us out. And, and, you know, from the bottom of our hearts, any recommendation does uh, really, really mean a lot to us, doesn't it, boys? So I think on that note, we can leave it there. But it's been a pleasure, guys. Episode 35 is done. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. And just stay safe. And I guess I'll be seeing you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.